0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, squad goals. What BYU Hoops hopes to do in the next two weeks.
1: Why the success of this BYU basketball season may depend on a single tweet from an assistant coach.
0: And how much improvement do you expect from the BYU football offense? Can you say 50 points? It's time for sports. This
2: is BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Lauren McClain.
0: Hey, BYU Sports Nation is live Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, February 27th. I am Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is figuring out how to appease three children and their Disney desires. So I'm teamed up with a woman who goes around, through, by, over, and between the lines. Her name is Lauren McClain.
1: Thank you very much. Yes, I do accomplish all those things. But what I really want to know... Is are you a Disney guy? You know exactly who I'm talking about. Shout know, out to I know, Harrison, Collier. I know Harrison
0: and Glenn Smith. Uh, yeah, and Glenn yeah, Two Smith people in that our building are, are the uh, right, like where I, the ears, and everyone guys. knows what
1: we're talking yeah, about. Disney yeah, Disney guy. They'll, no, no, they'll no. Drop. It's great. Thousands of dollars on Disney. And it's great. Uh, are, everyone are you, should
0: be passionate about something.
1: Where are you in the Disney guy? I really,
0: the... I really like it. I'm not. I won't like uh, necessarily wear the Mickey Mouse stuff, but I okay. love Disney. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll watch a Disney movie anytime it's on TV. Yeah. But would I drop thousands of dollars? I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't, but I love people that do. You,
0: here's how you know they what... They have
1: the magic in their hearts. Yes. Always and forever.
0: Here's how you know what you love, what you spend time and money on. That's how you know <laughs> what you love, okay? Ooh, that's true. So if you spend thousands on something, then uh, you you really do love the it. And I my love, wife keeps uh, telling me my that, My family
1: you know? members. <laughs> that's what I spend all my money on.
0: What? Here's what we've got for you on today's show. The, the, uh, tis the almost crossover season. I love it—the football, basketball stuff. In 15, Blaine Fowler discusses hoops goals and offensive football expectations. His name is almost as good as his game. Peter Quest for perfection is in the house in 30 after a tournament title in Hawaii. Two great things, and they always be running and jumping. Olympian Ed Eystone's indoor track team has their sights on individual and team nationals mm-hmm. now. Who made it? We'll discuss. That's in 40. But first. Today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's hoops wraps up the regular season Saturday against San Diego at home. Last night on the Rose Show, Coach Rose said BYU will be ready for the Toreros.
3: I've learned a lot since we played San Diego, and hopefully we'll be ready for them. It's a really good team. It's a team that you know they beat they beat a uh, couple Power Five teams during their preseason. They had some injuries, They've come back and got beat and. Their confidence was shaken a little bit, but uh, it'll be interesting to, to, to see what kind of team comes in here on Saturday. We'll be ready for them.
0: Watch or listen to the game Saturday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio with the radio pregame at 8 Eastern.
1: Track and field earned 10 entries into the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships, including All-American senior Andrea Stapleton Johnson, who is making her third championship appearance. The event will take place March 8th and 9th in Birmingham, Alabama.
0: She's the number one uh, high jumper in the country, so That's she incredible. could win a national title. We'll, she could. we'll break it down with ice stone. Four women's volleyball players will compete in the USA National Team Open tryout starting Friday in Colorado Springs. Those four are Mary Lake, Kennedy Eschenberg, Heather Knighting, and Maddie Robinson.
1: Brennan Lund went 2-3 for yesterday in a 17-5 Angels win over the A's. Taylor Cole also pitched two scoreless innings in relief, striking out Dose.
0: Spring training. Uh, Not an Angels fan, but I like those two. I do. (laughs) Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we.
2: It's What's Trending on BYU Sports
0: Nation. One regular season game to go, then the West Coast Conference tournament, and in two weeks uh, from now, it'll be Wednesday, and we'll know what we probably know now, which is Gonzaga will win the Gonzaga Invitational (laughs) presented by the West Coast Conference. (laughs) It's actually called the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships, but I digress. (laughs) But what's in store for BYU in the final two weeks before the postseason? Dave Rose knows it's crunch time.
3: But everything that we want out of this season, you know, comes down to, you know, the next couple weeks. And that's, uh, you know, it's a big challenge. you got the number one team in your country in your conference, and you got to beat them. Someone's got to beat them in the conference tournament uh, to get the, uh, you know, automatic bid. So uh, that's that's where we are right now. And that's what motivates the guys is uh, to try to make something happen here that's magic. Magic, huh?
0: <laughs> Warren, what's the goal for BYU hoops in the next? Why two did weeks? I love
1: when I was watching that last night? I loved that he said he acknowledged that it, it's going to take some magic, and it will it take is. magic to beat yeah. Gonzaga. It really will. But as as our buddy Austin Colley says, if you're living right, on and off the field, uh, not Magic a... can happen. Okay, magic can happen. But anyway, okay.
0: so BYU's been wicked since. Is that what they we're implying? May, I
1: don't know. I don't know what these guys are doing. No, no, they haven't. But. But what are the expectations? BYU has lost two in a row. I think first and foremost, they need to obviously beat San Diego. Sure. They need the momentum. They need the confidence headed into the tournament. They barely beat San Diego in overtime on Valentine's Day. And I think they can't do that. I think they, they need can't to, win? No, they need to win. I oh. think they can't barely beat them. I think they need to beat them handily at this to point have, you're calling for confidence. margin they just need to win I'm call- no i'm calling for margin i'm calling for margin to have the confidence headed into the tournament because the wcc they're good this year there's a lot of parody they're not just gonna breeze through any team and so but as we know magic isn't gonna happen overnight what you see is what you get with byu right now we've seen them be really good really good at times and not so good another time so I think they need to find some consistency to be on you know give me give me that team that beat St. Mary's then ran over LMU in Portland by an average of 26 points you had Gavin Baxter that had 25 points 10 rebounds Nick Emery going five for five from the three you gotta you gotta give me that team
0: that's BYU's best yeah I I uh I think that if BYU gets to the three TG the Tuesday tournament title game, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then that would be the goal for me. It's unrealistic to expect BYU to uh, you know, beat Gonzaga. He lost by 30-plus in both. Yeah. I would say get to that game and say, okay, that would include a semifinal win over San Francisco or St. Mary's. That would be awesome. Um, and that's probably the best thing realistically. Dave's talking about something magical. What he's inferring is that they beat Gonzaga yeah. in the Tuesday tournament title game. Now, here's, here's the magical element of this. It's not a best-of-seven series. It's a best of one. Mm-hmm. Can you catch that team on a best of one? The chances are no, but I want to see <laughs> if you can. I just want to see it, right? Uh, I just want to get there. And and I hope that BYU can uh, bounce back from the worst week of the season. Yeah. Last week, when you lose a game, you're up 14 with eight to go. You don't play well the last 10 minutes against guns Losing's not an issue. It was the margin that became an issue, right? But now you have San Diego at home. You're going to have another... Likely quarterfinal, barring a, a miracle meltdown from San Francisco and St. Mary's this week. You go in as the three or four, and then you hope to see what you can do. BYU needs to avoid the four seed, though. Right, It can't be the four, because if you see Gonzaga on Monday, forget about it.
1: <laughs> it's true, but it, as a true fan, you, you have that little bit little bit of hope. Like you said, like let's wait and see. You never know, probably not. If BYU's the four, so,
0: they got no shadow in an attorney, though. If they're the two or three... Get to Tuesday and say State. they have a small
1: shot. But so if you if we believe BYU realistically most likely will not be Gonzaga in the WCC tournament. Jerem, what can BYU hoops do to salvage the season? What can they do?
0: <sighs> Depends what your goals are, I guess. Uh, if they're getting through the NCAA tournament, then you're going to be frustrated. Right. And I think we're all a little frustrated because of multiple years in a row of the NIT. And not right. just that. NIT won and done. So to me, it's. Get to the NIT and then get to Madison Square Garden. If BYU won three games, remember it's not 64, it's 32. So if BYU won three games and got to uh, Madison Square Garden, that would be great. And uh, what it would mean is that perhaps Quincy Lewis would tweet again. He has one tweet all time, (laughs) the BYU assistant coach. And it was from Madison Square Garden. Quincy! He did it for us. Go Cougs, as promised. My first tweet from MSG for my boys at Sports Nation. So what we need is another tweet from Quincy because that means BYU went to New York.
1: Does he know this? Does Quincy know this? Like, does he know that he is the, the ticket to BYU going far in the, the NIT? I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. He knows. Well, I hope he does. I, I, and, <laughs> I, and honestly, any fan, it kind of sinks because when you hear is going to NIT, you have the like, and then when they lose, it's the first round yeah. of the NIT, you're like, oh my gosh.
0: That's very disappointing. It is very disappointing. It could be a lot worse. Don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. So so for me, in order for BYU to salvage the season, I think they need to beat the teams that they can beat, but doing, do it in a convincing fashion.
0: Oh, you're calling like, for margin again. Wow. <laughs> Listen, BYU's coming off a 34-point loss, and you're this calling for margin.
1: But I'm just saying, BYU has the potential to be really good. We've seen them They be, also have the potential re- to lose exactly. a game. They're up
0: 14 with eight to go. That like, is, that's the I tough know part, it right?
1: But I'm saying in order to salvage the season, that's the question, they need to beat these teams in a convincing fashion and then make a good run in the NIT. And if we're, I mean, is this from the fans' perspective, from the team's perspective? It's, it's from probably, probably going to be different. Yeah. From a fan's perspective, because yeah. I am a fan, I think fans need something to, to chew on. You know, they need something to hold on to. I, I was Fans can be fickle. You need a big win. But they're also easily pleased. Yeah. I was about how how disappointed were the fans when uh, BYU football lost to Cal? And we're like, oh, we're really not that good. Then they come back and beat Wisconsin the next game. They're like, we. <laughs> We're the best team. And then team
0: we discovered ever. that Wisconsin was an eight win team. And so, it was like, oh, they're on our level. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: So I just feel like if. If BYU basketball gives the fans something to chew on, giving something, you know, I think that will salvage the season in the eyes of the fans.
0: That is a big win. And a big yes. win would be in the semis against San Francisco or St. Mary's. That, yes. that, that's, I think, what true. that means to me. And then, of course, if you get a couple wins in the NIT, get over the 20 win mark and kind of check that box of we do this every year. Listen, I've said this before. Cry me a river if you're like, BYU Hoops is the worst. Boo-hoo, 20 wins, 14 straight years. That's what's going to
1: happen. Never
0: do that again, please. Like, it could be a lot worse. I know it could be better, but it could be a lot worse. No, it's true. After a 4-9 season, speaking of worse, in which the Cougars canned their Heisman (laughs) Trophy winner as the OC, Jeff Grimes and the Cougars improved the offense by 10 points per game. February 15th, Grimes joined the program, and when asked about year-two improvement expectations, he said this.
4: The next step for us on
5: offense is to go from being an offense that's that's um, hopeful that we'll go out and score 50 points to one that expects to go out and score 50 points.
0: Whoa, okay. Uh, so how much better do you expect BYU's offense to be in 2019?
1: He expects them to score.
0: No, no, no. He wants them to expect.
1: He, wa- he, he doesn't wants expect. them to expect. There's a difference. Okay, well, There's a difference. Listen,
3: <laughs> 50 whatever game, it may
1: be, BYU last year averaged 27.2 <laughs> points last year. They got close to 50 twice. They scored 49 versus Hawaii and Western Michigan in the bowl game. So when listening to him to say that, yes, he just expects the team to score a lot of points and 50 was just a number he threw out there. But I like that Jeff Grimes. It? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out, prove it. But I like that Jeff Grimes has really high expectations for his team. I think I think you can't set the the bar low, keep them high. Because I think BYU has the talent coming back. I really liked what I saw from the last four games of BYU last season. When they didn't play good yes, teams, they, right? Yes, they lost to Utah. They lost to Utah. But the first half of that Utah game gave me hope. In those last four games, they averaged 39 points. And Let's I play UMass and improved. New Mexico
0: State every week.
1: I know, I know. But yeah. but we're looking for improvement. I mean, they had, sure. against the FBS team, they or FCS, they didn't even score that many points. You know what I'm saying? And so 30. I expect the offense to improve. Zach Wilson's coming back. We, we've kind of hammered this home in the show. O line wide receivers led by Lev Hefo, Talon Shumway, Micah Simon. And then you have Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne are coming back with experience. So I think there's a lot of weapons on the offensive side and a lot of the tight ends look really solid. Everyone's going to feel a little bit more comfy in Jeff Grimes' offense this season. So improvement is inevitable they are they do have a very tough schedule but i'm going to say they average around 35 points per
2: game
0: 35 would be uh, quite the jump which brings us to our stat of the day
2: it's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last season,
0: BYU football averaged 30-plus. It was 2015. That was a Tanner Mangum-led season. Um, and now he's graduated. It's Zach Wilson's uh, job. I'm with you. I expect uh, BYU to be better. How much better? Kind of hard to quantify. I don't want to get too stat-heavy, but let's look at a couple things. So if you look at points per game, um, that doesn't account for tempo. BYU is kind of geared down a little bit. They'll go fast at times. They'll go slow at times. But they're not as high tempo as they were, say, in 2015, where they have more plays, mm-hmm. therefore more yards and more points. Okay, So uh, points per play is the stat I look at. Last year was .399. The year before that was 2 0.70. A good BYU football offense sits at 0.450. Okay, so that's that's kind of the goal. And then you're probably in the 30s, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be hard to gauge this, too, because BYU's not going to score as many points in, in August and September as they will in November. Right. And then October is somewhere in between, given that you have this Power 5 group, this Group 5 group, and then you have this uh, kind of Group 5 FCFs group in November. So we'll see, too. Yards per play matters. Uh, the last two seasons, BYU was at 5.5 or lower. Those six to nine teams that were ranked and really good, they were 6.2-plus. Hmm. So you need more yards, uh, and then you need to get those points numbers just to try and quantify it. It's hard. If you just look at, like, 30-plus, it's like, well, how many plays are you running? Right. And by the way, 35, uh, a game would put BYU in the top 20 in the country. So that's an ambitious goal.
1: It is an ambitious goal, and I think that Zach Wilson, like I said, has a lot of confidence, and I think the team feeds off of that confidence. Absolutely. And you could see it when he started in the Hawaii game moving forward. There was a different, there was a different level of confidence with the team, with yeah. him at the helm.
0: I think if BYU can get a couple more running backs that can, that can run the ball effectively, they got a shot. Yeah, if they're completely agreed. dependent on Zach. We saw what happened in the second half when they, BYU lost a run game against Utah, yeah. and it didn't quite work out against that quality of a team. And speaking of Utah, how many days away again? Countdown
2: to the youths.
1: 183.
0: I thought you'd harmonize. I, I really was thinking did. about it. Like you're in a band. And stuff. I was
1: thinking about it. I added, a little, <laughs> I added a little vibrato in the end. Yeah, that was good. That was,
0: that was next level. Yeah, thank it's you. It's more than we usually get. Appreciate yeah. you. It's great. Uh, the difference between you and Brian is, uh, is this. <laughs> Our question of the day. What's your goal for BYU Hoops in the next two weeks? Let's go to the voice of the nation.
2: This is the voice of the nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Adam F.
0: King on Facebook. At least a win to close out the regular season. Well, there's one game left, so yeah. (laughs) And a conference tournament win. Low expectations. So a quarterfinal. And an NCAA at-large bid. Oh, whoa. It would be straight-up criminal for BYU not to get an at-large bid this year.
1: That took a a turn. How did this
0: make it into the script? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at WD Heath forty on Twitter, start a six-game winning streak this week. Yes, it's unlikely, but if they find a way to do that, they're a Sweet Sixteen team, and I want to at least hope there's a chance. That would be getting an auto bid. Uh, but yeah, put those on, please. Yeah. Uh, Blue, uh, yeah. Goggle wow. yeah. Blue Goggle Alert! Yeah. So that yeah, yeah. Blue those, those are uh, those Sweet are pretty 16. out there. Sixteen. Really, Sweet 16. I would love if you made it to the round of 16 in the NIT, which they haven't done the last couple of years. That would mean a win. Th-
1: this I, person I, I believes in magic. This person believes in magic. Your, your Hogwarts letter is coming in the mail.
0: Yeah. Enjoy uh, Lord of the Rings with me. You know, the 11 hours of all three of those extended or something. <laughs> yeah. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
1: Coming up, the quest for perfection continues on the course for Peter Quest. He'll tell us why he is a big fan of pineapples right now.
0: You like them pineapples? And Blaine Fowler discusses his offensive expectations for football this fall. There he is. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Thursday on BYU TV, it's a battle of top tens as the ninth-ranked BYU men's volleyball team hosts the eighth-ranked Stanford Cardinal at the Smithfield House. Coverage begins at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and the app.
0: This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I'm Jeremy. She's Lauren. Thanks for hanging out with us. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com and where podcasts are found. Our question of the day, what's your goal for BYU Hoops in the next two weeks? Eric Hart on Facebook. Just have fun at this point. <laughs> Play loose. Pad Yoli stats because that man is awesome and deserves recognition. What? Just pad stats? Hey, but
1: Eric, can you have fun when you're losing? You can't. You can't. I'm sorry you can't.
0: My mom called and she loves that answer. Let the boys have fun. Yes, winning is fun. I agree. Winning is fun. Yeah, winning fun. Thanks for the uh, input. Uh, Thanks, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram continue to weigh in. Our next guest is a guy who always has fun. And uh, mainly because he has
2: a national championship ring. His name is Blaine Fowler. But I'm too fat to wear it. <laughs> that takes all the fun you, you away. It like, it that takes it. all the fun away. I was just having a conversation with a jeweler that I know the other day. And I go, hey, can you stretch out rings? And he goes, like, what? what's it made out of? And I said, gold. And he go, and he looks at me and goes, are you talking about your national championship ring? I go, okay, I'm Maybe. too fat. I'm too fat to wear it. So can we stretch it out? He goes, yeah, yeah if it's made out of gold, we can stretch oh, it out. Oh, okay. You go, to all, you go so to all the jewelers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it to Like, I wear this for my wedding ring. Yeah. Because regardless of fatness. It's essentially a rubber band. It's a rubber band. Yeah. you know. Regardless of fatness, I can wear it. So
1: Blaine, you go to all the jewelers, jewelers and you're like, hey, do you see this ring? Is there any way, no, you, could,
2: is there any way <laughs> you could a tweak this? I was like, do we have to talk about the fact that I'm too fat to wear it? Okay, thank you very much. He goes, <laughs> oh, hey. We can stretch that baby out or they can do something to it. So I may be sporting it again sometime soon. Maybe I'll break it out for the WCC tournament if I can get it stretched out a little It'll be bit. too distracting. Yeah, it's, but <laughs> the much nice blame. part is, too is much a, blame. no, if, if, I'm, if I'm trying to get satellite reception and I can't get it, if I put one hand on the television and raise my national championship ring up, I get great reception.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Blaine Fowler's in studio, son's, uh <laughs> ring, uh, but let's discuss BYU football in depth. We were talking about what kind of improvement we expect. I think that everybody with BYU football Uh, expects improvement because you return the quarterback and a lot of the – four of the five on the O-line, a bunch of receivers, uh, Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier. We're still kind of question marks with running backs, but what kind of expectation –
2: uh, an improvement do you expect offensively, I, th- I expect him to make a big step forward, and simply because Zach Wilson will have more experience. he has a spring ball, and even though he 's not going to be throwing the ball around in spring ball, he has a whole spring to learn more to watch what he did last year, to hone his his knowledge of the game, and then he 'll have the whole summer to be the leader and he 's you know the guy, be the guy um, and so I, I think he takes a major step forward in his decision making. Physically, his skill set's ridiculous. I mean, he's he played phenomenally well for, for a freshman. He still made a few freshman mistakes. He'll limit those this next year, and his ability to stretch the field a little bit more is something that BYU hasn't had in the offense for a couple of years. That alone changes the offense. And you mentioned there's four starters back on the O-line. There's seven guys coming back on the O-line that have started. There, there's four that have been regular starters. Mm-hmm. Um, they they will take another step forward because all of those youngins that played last year have another year of getting stronger, getting bigger and experience. And that allows you to run the football better. Now they, you know, two years ago, they struggled to push people off the offensive line. Last year, they did a little bit better job. They struggled with health at, at running back this year. I think they'll just knock people off the ball. Uh, even good teams, they'll knock off the ball because it's now these guys are that you know that much more mature and that much stronger, and so they're they're going to take a big step forward offensively. They just are because of what they have back. And you already talked about it, Lauren. They're they're deep at tight end. The wide receiver group was a young but talented group. They're going to add to that talent with a recruiting class. So the only question I have is, can they keep Lapini healthy? Can Algiers? You know, the running back, and you mentioned that. There's some questions there, but even if they can just keep those two guys healthy, with what they have around them, this offense has to take a major step forward. It just will because of experience.
0: And you look at the tough September schedule too, Lauren. That's that's going to be uh, the question. They're going to have to come out right out of the gate. They they can't kind of warm up into it like a lot of teams in the past could.
2: When when BYU's good, they dominate up front. We've talked about that along for a long time on both sides of the ball, right? And. This offensive line, if we go back three years ago, four years ago, two years ago, and we talk about just talent level on the offensive line, I'm going, well, these guys are pretty good. There's legitimate NFL guys on the offensive line. I expect Empey, by the time he's done, to be a Remington Award candidate and to be drafted. Um, there, There are other youngins in there that have the body type to be NFL guys on the offensive line. There may be three of them with NFL talent there. So now all of a sudden you can go play against teams that are really good, like the Washingtons and the Utahs up front, and you can match up with them up front, and they haven't been able to do that. That's where it all starts. That's where BYU hasn't been as good, and now you got a guy that can sling it back behind them. I, I like, I like the, the chances of them being significantly better on the offensive side of the ball. And then I go to the defensive line, everybody's back except for Corbin. And, and I'm telling you, Devin from a pure talent level maybe better than Corbin. And so he's just got to develop. And Kairos Tonga squatted 600 pounds yesterday.
1: (laughs) I'm not surprised. He squatted 600. 600. Wow.
2: And and, uh, I was talking to Gavin about it, and Gavin's like, everybody just went, whoa. And he said, here's the scary part about it. He squatted 600, and he, like, almost jumped at the top of it like it wasn't even hard. And the strength (laughs) coaches went, you're done. That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, no, no, I can do more. Like, yeah, we get that. We know. Don't worry. Don't it's do it. February. Right. So and and they so they have, if I look at every position on both sides of the football for BYU, there's not one position group where I go, oh, they're going to take a step backward. Every position group. Even the e- running backs. E- if, if Lopini can stay healthy, they take a step forward. Hmm. Right? And Algiers That's now has question. another year behind him, and he's got the talent to play there. So they, I think even at running back, they take a step forward. Now they still need depth there. That's a problem, right? And injuries can play into this. But there's not a single position group where they don't go forward. The, only, the one that I have the most questions about is that linebacker. And when you have Isaiah healthy and you've got Zane healthy, outside backers are as good or better. Zane was playing at an unbelievable level before he got hurt. I have a question mark at middle backer. Who's going to play there? So literally when I look at the whole team, I have one position on offense and defense where I go, I just don't know right now. Other than that, they're in really, really good shape, and so they should take a step forward. They played a ton of youngins last year, yeah. and they should take a step forward on both sides of the ball. So the future looks bright.
1: So spring ball starts on Monday. Do you feel like that middle linebacker position is one of the ones you're going to be watching for when spring ball That's starts?
2: My biggest focus is how how much better is El, you know how can they develop Algiers to give them depth mm-hmm. de- mm-hmm. at running back position, and who is going to be the guy in the middle? Of the defense. Mm-hmm. Or do they go to a 4-2-5 because they can't find somebody to play that and they have some talented guys but they all seem like outside linebacker body types to me mm. you know so they need to find a beast and i don't know who it is to be in the middle that'll be a run stopper and it'll just be an angry dude that wants to hit people they need to find that guy that's <laughs> the there are one. a ton of those guys on campus right You've got to find somebody and so they're for, all in the wilk and I, the richards building yeah, i can building. confirm I, that there are I not i really i, I tried feel to find one really good about the secondary unbelievably good about the d line o line we've we've talked about that Depth at running back is an issue. I feel great about the quarterback position, even depth at quarterback with mm-hmm. Hall. Yeah. Um, receivers I feel great about. Middle linebacker, I'm watching spring ball to see who emerges and can be that guy because they need a junkyard dog at middle backer.
1: Someone with a, with a screw loose. Yeah, with
2: a screw exactly. Or if the Brandon Ogletree. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. A guy that's just, just a little bit out there that you're not quite <laughs> you sure about. And when you're walk. talking to him. You're looking into their eyes, and you're not sure they're gonna pu- if they're going to punch you or not, and you're not even having a mean conversation. That's <laughs> that, the guy that's I the need. Guy. That's, the guy that's I how need. you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Those are the signs, okay? So if you find them, tweet at BYU Sports Nation, okay? Uh, potential walk-on tryouts or something in August. Let's finish with uh, men's hoops. We talked about goals for BYU in the next two weeks. So in two weeks, we'll know who the West Coast Conference Tournament champion
2: is. What are the goals for BYU? Uh, they, need, they need to... They have a must-win game. This is the biggest must-win game of the season Saturday night. So they need the fans to come out. They have to beat San Diego. Because right now they're a bubble NIT team. Right? And so so I think with with a win at San Diego and then go into the tournament and, you know, it looks like they're going to be a three or a four seed in the tournament based on what what San Francisco and St. Mary's. St. Mary's going to lose to Gonzaga. Yeah. Can we just say that? Yeah they're yeah. at 11-5 yeah. Yeah. yeah right so Can they're going to be they're going to be tied. insert team right. loses two now, guns gunz right san francisco yeah. i think is really good and come a long way they he, you know he's done a great job with them over there you know they got they've got, a, they've got uh, um two games left lmu and san diego they could lose one of those and that's they what BYU, did lose to san diego right that's right so they could lose they could lose with what they've got we you need to have san francisco um Lose so that you be a three seed and not a four seed. Oh
0: yeah, avoiding the four is the because if you're the four, yeah.
2: you're playing Gonzaga in the semis. Yeah, that's no, that's it's not good. toasty. That's not good. Nagel, right? toast semis. So, so what do you hope for? You hope for San Francisco to lose. You hope to tie with St. Mary's. You hope to get the three seed by tiebreaker, and and then you know what? I wouldn't rule out BYU winning a semifinal game against St. Mary's. I'd mm-hmm. love to see it. Yeah, I, I hold very little hope that they could beat Gonzaga. I mean. Like, I hold no hope, but I've seen (laughs) crazier things, right? I've seen crazier things, but you would... Magic, is, is the, Gonzaga is so deep this year. They're a legit number one seed. And before it's all said and done, they may, may be the overall number one seed in the NCAA I think right
0: tournament. now they, they would be, if not their number two to I feel like Virginia. this is the best right. team
2: Mark's had up there. And, and they've always had some skilled offensive guys, and, and they've been balanced on offense, and they are. This is the best defensive team I've ever seen him have. And that's saying something, because they've wow. been good. So I hold out kind of zero hope that they would beat Gonzaga and win the tournament, right? But But let's... I mean, to me, they need to win this game to kind of ensure a five or a six seed in the NIT, go into the tournament, win, win a game, um win or lose in the semifinals, I'd like to see them. My goal would be win, get the three seed, but we have, you have to have some help for that, right? Um, and if you're the three seed, win in the semis and go and Just get to Tuesday. Get, get, get yep. to Tuesday, sure. right? And then they go into the NIT and then they'd like to see them win some games in the NIT. That's, that's the upside, the top side for me of what I would expect from them. And you know what? It's realistic. It's, it's my wish, and I think it's a realistic wish. Sure. So, so that, that's what I would hope for them.
0: Okay, Blaine. We'll catch you on the call uh, Saturday night, nine Eastern Time. BYU in San Diego, and good luck with the ring stretcher. I'm either, I
2: either got to lose ten pounds or get my ring stretch. I want
1: to see
0: that. What's next easier? Time I I see probably it. the it's ring.
2: Easier to get the ring stretch. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely,
0: out, so. absolutely. Thanks, Blaine. All it. right, guys.
1: All right, coming up, ten BYU Cougars punched their tickets to nationals. Track and field head coach Ed Stone will tell us his expectations are for the squad.
0: And unlike the cast of Lost, Peter Quest made it <laughs> off the island. One of the top collegiate golfers is back in Studio B after a tournament win in Hawaii. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Get better acquainted with Cougars past and present as Greg Rebell hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. This week's guests include former BYU football players Tanner Mangum and Cameron Jensen. It's tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio.
0: For our, t- <laughs> for our radio audience, we're showing the picture on BYU TV of Greg as a 10-year-old in... He says those aren't his grandmother's glasses, but uh, yeah, Gregor Bell tonight behind the mic. Love it.
1: Nothing makes me happier than that photo. I'm telling you.
0: That's, yeah, it's, it, makes it makes me, me smile every me time. me smile. I'm Jerem. She's Lauren. Welcome uh, to BYU Sports Nation. We're in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV, and none of us have our grand- grandmother's glasses. Let's check out some <laughs> of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops wraps up, wraps up the regular season this Saturday. San Diego in the house. Last night on the Rose Show, the coach says BYU will be ready for the Toreros.
3: I've learned a lot since we played San Diego, and hopefully we'll be ready for them. It's a really good team. It's a team that, you know, they beat, they beat a uh, couple Power 5 teams during their preseason. They had some injuries. We come back and got beat, and their confidence was shaken a little bit, but... Uh, It'll be interesting to, to, to see what kind of team comes in here on Saturday. We'll be ready for them.
0: Yes, they will. Watch or listen to the game Saturday night at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio with radio pregame at 8 Eastern.
1: Track and Field earned 10 entries into the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships, including All-American senior Andrea Stapleton Johnson, who is making her third championship appearance. The event will take place March 8th and 9th in Birmingham, Alabama.
0: We'll chat with Ed Istone coming up about those 10 entries. Four women's volleyball players will compete in the USA National Team Open tryout starting Friday in Colorado Springs. Those four are Mary Lake, Kennedy Eschenberg, Heather Knighting, and Maddie Robinson.
1: And Brennan Lund went two for three yesterday in a 17-5 Angels win over the A's. Taylor Cole also pitched a two scoreless innings in relief, striking out two.
0: That's domination by the Angels. And our next guest is a man who dominated the Johnny Burns (laughs) Invitational to the tune of being the champion and winning it. His name is Peter Quest. We call him Peter Quest for perfection.
4: What is up, Peter? What's up? Not a whole lot. Just trying to stay warm here in Provo. Yeah, it's a little different (laughs) than Hawaii. How was that experience, uh, not only winning, but uh, the weather and everything? All the weather was awesome. <laughs> Going down, seeing sunshine, getting sunburnt—can't complain. Uh, getting a sunburn is a great problem in February, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Coming back, you're all tan.
1: Like I said, we don't feel bad for you. That was the first thing when you came, and you're like, "Oh, it's so cold." I'm like, "Yes, Peter. No one cares." Yeah, Crimea
0: no, River. Um, you, you win your fourth tournament. Um, you, we've talked. We talked about how well you played in the fall. How did you maintain the momentum here into the winter season?
4: Yeah, I just. You know, continue to to work hard and work on my game and and trying to you know perfect my game. Although I don't think that can be done, but but uh, just trying to fine tune in the IPF and and just continuing to work hard and and go through the process.
1: So your, your team is ranked 24th right now, and you're ranked 15th nationally. What's gone into that improvement for you and your team this season?
4: Just working hard and uh, just always competing with the guys on the team, and um, you know, just believing. And ourselves and in and our abilities and, and then just going out and executing. And, and, you know, that's all you can do.
1: Just making it happen.
4: The
0: advantage is that you're at BYU and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. The disadvantage is that, okay, in February uh, you can't get out on the course per se, so you go to the indoor practice facility. Give us an idea of what practice
4: is like for the golf team in the winter here. So it's a little tough. We're just in the IPF. We roll out mats and we just hit balls in there. and Into the net? Into the just wall? Just into the, the end of the net end of the end of the building and so if you hit it too high sometimes the balls bounce back at you and that's a little scary (laughs) but uh usually we just hit wedges we'll set up like nets and targets and stuff like that and and just work on getting yardages down and and we have like a a little track man which is like a radar thing it tracks the ball and everything so we'll get on that and then we have a little putting green we'll put on that a little bit do you feel
0: like having to Perhaps work a little harder in a different environment is an advantage in that maybe hey we got to we got to bring it because we're going to play some teams that are out on the course.
4: Yeah, I mean advantage and a little disadvantage. One of the advantages is you're fresh, you know, you're ready to go, you're, you're excited to play, you're, you know, your body's you know healed. There's no aches and pains. Um, disadvantage, you just deal with the lies that you get on the course because you don't really expect, you know to have great lies out there because you've never seen them, you know, throughout the winter and, and you just deal with the problems you have on the course and, and just go with it.
1: As you mentioned, you're, you're on a quest for perfection, but I mean, realistically you're never going to be perfect, but you're trying to improve. Who are some of the people that, that help you improve at this point? And please tell me Andrew Chin is one, giving you uh, some Star Wars references to motivate you along the way.
4: Andrew Chin, for sure. I love that kid. That kid's so funny. Every day he's got his lightsaber in the IPF, and he's just running around. No,
1: he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Does he He really?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like during practice, he brings his lightsaber? Yeah. Wow. He
4: probably always has it on him. He does right, just in case, yeah, like a good Jedi in the back look. pocket. He'll stab you with it too. You watch <laughs> that, that
1: that is motivation. Is it yeah. is,
4: is, is it motivation. like the,
0: the plastic kind or the hard kind, like the legit kind? Plastic kind. kind. It's plastic. One of those, okay. Like you whip out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Extends. Like he got it at Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he needs to upgrade. A few years ago, um, we had someone bring in like a legit one that lit up, and I don't think I've been more excited. I'll
4: be oh, honest. Was, I'm kind of <laughs> nerdy. That, that I mean. would make his day. Yeah. Okay. So what's
0: what's one of those motivational phrases that that has helped you to a few titles here? From Star Wars, oh uh, <laughs>
4: man, I don't know, I can't remember. Chins use the, has the force, so nothing. Many. Yeah, use the force yeah. is a good one. Chin's always referring to the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. <laughs> I, don't that means. I don't know what that means, but he, he's always saying that.
0: That's a nice episode three helps. reference. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, that's
0: funny. We're talking oh, to Peter man. Quest, men's golf, uh, top fifteen in the country right now. Is there a, a player on the PGA Tour? Uh, that you emulate that you look at his game and kind
4: of uh, take from, or are there a few? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many good players out there with so many great abilities and, and so many great tool sets. You know, you can take a part of everyone's game and try to apply it to yourself. But, I don't know, I just try to play my own game and try to perfect my own craft, and and it's working so far. So, Do you have a favorite PGA Tour player? Oh, you gotta love Tiger. Love Tiger. Tiger's girl. Tiger's the man. Still fun to watch. Like
0: on a Sunday when he's in contention, it's must see TV. Oh,
4: it just is. Sunday when he's wearing the red. Yep. Getting
0: out. When he's wearing it. red, it's oh, like man. it's on, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome.
4: What
1: What club do you feel most comfortable with in your hands?
4: Uh I love hitting driver. Just hmm. grip it and rip it. You know, that's fun. <laughs> just hitting it far. But uh, I don't know. All my clubs are pretty. I love them all.
1: That, that's my philosophy. Just hit it as hard and as far as you can. And rip, then, and rip and rip it. And golf after that, I. It's the way Peter lives seen. his
4: life. Yeah, <laughs> you've exactly.
1: You've how good I am.
0: Your dad <laughs> played soccer at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you play soccer? Or did you play soccer
4: I growing up? I played soccer until I was about 12 and then picked up golf and then just went through there. So, so you started when you were 12 or you focused on it I when s- you were 12? Well, I went to the driving range probably, you know, growing up, just hitting balls, messing around, but then really picked it up when I was about 12. Right? Okay. So you don't have to like start when you're three like Tiger. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I have a five-year-old daughter. I'm like, what should I have already started that I haven't? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, congratulations on yes, another congrats. win. Thank and uh, let's give you the BYU Sports Nation comment for your next tournament, so, which is uh, win wins when? we got a week and a half in San Francisco. Okay. Very nice. It's going to be cold there. Hopefully the rain's it lit will. up. It won't be ready. <laughs> it's been, uh, yeah, it's been cold and wet. Very different. But uh, good luck and thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having Peter. me. Peter Quest, men's golf. Our question of the day, what's your goal for BYU Hoops in the next two weeks? Brian Yazzie on Facebook. My hope is that they finish strong. A miracle in the West Coast Conference tournament happens, and they compete in a postseason tournament. Go Cougars. Yeah, uh, Yeah. a miracle is what you'd hope for against the number one team in the country.
1: miracle that that plays on BYU TV on occasion? Yes. Against the Russians? Yes. Spoiler alert, we know
0: the result there.
1: Like the Russians in this, so here we go. A
0: little more likable, but yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But still Dominant.
0: Gonzaga's sure. like, we're the Russians in 80, really?
1: <laughs> they're the Drago in Rocky IV, Gonzaga. But yeah, a little more likable. I like Mark Few, So, Anyway.
0: I'm drawing on these comparisons, <laughs> and I'm trying really hard. <laughs> they're, they're just stinking good. They Thank are, you. They're Thank stinking you. good.
1: Thank you. Okay, coming up, the champ is here. Ed Eyestone is in studio, and will tell us why winning the MPSF championship is a big deal.
0: He's an Olympian. He's here. Who's the most likely to bring home a national title from his team? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU
2: Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: BYU baseball returns to Texas to face Lamar in a three game series beginning tomorrow. Tune in at 5 p.m. Eastern to hear Jason Shepard as the Backcats face the Cardinals on BYU Radio and the app.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It is a 3 guest day, and our next guest went to the Olympics. He's the head coach of all things
5: uh, running, jumping, (laughs) and throwing at uh, BYU. His name's Ed Ison. Welcome back to Studio B. It's great to be back here, and I've got a lot of help in coaching the men's and women's track and field team, so it's exciting to be here.
0: It's indoor track season, and congratulations. The men won the uh, MPSF title. Now, these are different teams than the men's volleyball conference. You've got USC and Stanford, Oregon, a bunch of Pac-12 teams. You essentially won the Pac-12 title. Well,
5: well, well, actually, we did. You know, it was funny because I was at church on Sunday after, and they said, oh, MPSF, you won the MPSF championship. That's really nice. Are any teams in there that I would know of? And I said, have you ever heard of the Pac-12? Uh, so, so, yeah. And uh, you know what? It was uh, it's phenomenal what happens when you set goals. As a staff, we got together in August, and we said, you know what? Our men's team is really strong this year. What are some good goals that we can set for ourselves? And one of those was, hey, let's try to win the, the, the conference championship and, and really pleased the way that the entire team kind of came together. Across the board, all the, all the categories, we got some good, um, g- good performances, and, and that ultimately carried the day.
1: You mentioned that the men's team has a lot of depth this season. Is that something that you just noticed when they came in, or something that's been developing?
5: Well, I think it's just been a lot of hard work from all the coaches on staff. Uh, You know, we've been fortunate in years past to have a pretty good uh, group of of men distance runners. Obviously, that was uh, uh, magnified getting second at the cross-country championships this year, but uh, across the categories, our throws, our sprints, our our jumps, I think have been very good this year, and so it was fun to see uh, nice contribution across the way on, on on the men's team to be able to to win the championship. And then on the women's team as well, we're seeing kind of that that strength. We ended up, I think, tied for seventh uh, in the NPSCF on the women's side. Uh, And maybe, ironically, we we may have a chance to do better at the national meet on the women's side than on the Mm -hmm. men's side because we have uh, Andrea Stapleton, who is currently ranked number one in the high jump, so we're excited about that.
0: Yeah, is she the
5: uh, most likely potential national champ out of the group? Well, you know, our DMR is a strong... Is very strong on the women's side. Uh, uh, Erica Burke in the in the three thousand. Whitney Orton in the, in the mile. And then we have um, the three distance men who are, who are who are doubling in both the three thousand and the five thousand. That's Connor Mance, Connor McMillan, and Clayton Young. And I think they all have uh, very good opportunities to score well. Uh, Andrea is certainly ranked the highest right now. Ranked number one going in.
1: Are you ever surprised when? Because you mentioned uh, Clinton Young, Connor Mance, Connor McMillan, Erica Burke Jarvis. I feel like these athletes consistently are breaking their career highs and getting better and better. Are you ever surprised by that, that they are continuously getting better?
5: I'm at the point now where I'm not surprised by what they can do. I'm a little <laughs> bit aw- in awe of what they can do. Yeah. And what's crazy is, um, and then we have Rory Linkletter, who at 1342 in the 5,000. Meters did not make the national meet. I mean, in years past, I think 46 has been the the uh, would comfortably get you in. Here, he was four seconds faster than that, and on the outside. So, I guess what I'm being Hmm. amazed at and kind of blown away at uh, is the fact that the. The level of competition in, across the board in the events uh, just gets better and better and better. And sometimes I go, wow, is it <laughs> going to be possible for us to continue to generate athletes that make the national meet and do well at the national meet? But the answer to that is yes, because um, our recruiting has been well. The, the, the coaches work very hard and our athletes, uh, you know, you, you give them a, a goal and they work towards it. And it's amazing what happens with uh, hard work, determination, perseverance and grit.
0: We're talking to the Olympian at iStone who coaches uh, cross country and track and field here at BYU. I noticed there's a Michael Bluth on the roster.
5: Yes. And I love Arrested Development, so <laughs> oh. that's awesome. Okay, well, Michael uh, had an amazing conference meet as well. He won the open 400 meters. And
0: he's good. This yeah, is and great. He's, and he's very, he's very
5: fast, yes. <laughs> Jeremy's dream. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um,
0: so you manage indoor and outdoor track plus cross country. So how do you... How do you manage each season independently? And there's a ton of crossover among these athletes.
5: Well, yeah, you just obviously our distance runners uh, compete in all three of those seasons, and so they're they're working hard from basically year-round uh, because they have to get ready for cross country, which starts in in, uh, in September. Uh, whereas the rest of the track team uh, during the fall, it's all kind of conditioning and getting ready, and and uh, but then once we hit January, it's it's full speed ahead. Basically, we, we were looking at our schedule. I think from January to until June. Uh, the coaching staff has about two off weekends during that time. We have meets Good for you scheduled. Guys. Yes, exactly. Oh We're hard gosh. workers. The hardest coaches, hardest work. We noticed working you didn't use your field. 21 vacation days this year, Ed. Yeah. I don't think I have ever used my 21 vacation days. to Tell you the truth. I'll but, take them. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But um, and so and so that we just kind of schedule things. The distance runners obviously are, are, are going full full tilt in during the fall, whereas the rest of the team is doing fall conditioning. And then once we come to indoor season, then the big focus is is making it to the national meet, which is very, very difficult to do. Probably making it to the indoor national meet is the most uh, difficult championship to even make it hmm. to because you only have 16 athletes in each event. Um, whereas outdoor season, you have uh, regional, the, the first round of the NCAA championships, which again, last year we were very successful in qualifying a lot of our athletes to that. In fact, we had, the, I think, the most athletes on the men's side qualified for the first round of the NCAA championships and, and men and women combined, I think, with the second second most athletes represented there. So uh, it's all about just setting goals and for our, our athletes that are national caliber, it's certainly setting goals to, to, to make it to the national championship or in the case of Andrea and some of these other athletes maybe win the national championship right. indoor and for the case of those that maybe are you know just younger in the program or, or not quite as developed, maybe it's a, a goal of, of scoring well at the MPSF championship, scoring some points for the team and then as we get into outdoor season, the goal shifts to let's get a regional qualifier mark which is uh, again the regionals is the first round of the ncaa championships which is a very doable thing as we found out last year having the most men and women er, combined uh to make that goal and then of course for those that upper echelon again it's it's trying to make it to the final the championship and scoring points of the championship meet
0: well, it's March 8th and 9th in Birmingham, Alabama, so uh, good luck and enjoy yes, Alabama. Yes, good luck, Coach. Next thank week. you. Yeah, we're looking yeah.
5: forward to that. Again, our, you know, our goals going into it is uh, top 20 performance for our men's and women's team. Okay. A little BYU Sports Nation karma your way. and Appreciate uh, that karma. Go, go to Alabama. Do I'm you can do it. it. I'm feeling You're it. feeling thank it right you. now? Yes, Very yes nice. thank you. Okay. Alabama's Thanks a good state. So. <laughs> All right,
1: coming up, another BYU team is knocking on the door of a top 25 ranking. Find out which team coming up in the whip.
0: And why Cosmo exchanged his Cougar Blue for Flannel on Thursday? I'll explain. This is BYU Sports Nation. Big thank you to today's guests, Blaine Fowler, Peter Quest, and Ed Istone. Uh, it's three guests a day. Somehow the producers didn't find any time for Dennis Pett.
1: Sorry, Dennis. If you missed some of today's show, download the podcast the what? I'm sorry. Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it.
2: It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Track and field.
0: Ten athletes earn entry into the NCAA Indoor Championships in Birmingham, Alabama, next week. We just talked to Ed Eyestone about it. Highlighted by high jumper Andrea Stapleton Johnson, who is the number one ranked high jumper in the country. Volleyball.
1: Women's volleyball standouts Mary Lake, Kennedy Eschenberg, Heather Knighting, and Madeline Robinson will compete in the USA National Team Open Tryout starting Friday in Colorado Springs.
0: Baseball In spring training, Brendan Lund with two for three yesterday and a 17-5 Angels win over the A's. Taylor Cole also pitched two scoreless innings in relief, striking out two.
2: Tennis.
1: The 23rd-ranked tennis duo in the nation, Sean Hill and Jeffrey Sue, are named WCC Men's Doubles Team of the Week. Number 26 men's tennis hosts number 40 Old Dominion this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time.
0: Golf. The ladies finished in fifth place at the Gold Rush Tournament, led by Rose Swong, who tied for ninth. I love Rose She's, she's great You did it between the lines with her And she, we were with you on the course She's being
1: one of the nicest she's human so beings nice. I've ever met
0: She's like the most uh, <laughs> crazy combination of like really nice yet good Yeah Because most people are kind Which of competitive and worst. on edge Yeah, I'm really. like, oh, I feel bad
1: You hit it in the weeds and she's like, you know what? That you was can a do really it I'm like, try. you know what?
0: I can uh, She I gets believe. a hole in one Yeah, exactly Arise <laughs> and shout outs uh, I'll go first Mine goes to Cosmo. Uh, Thursday, Mm -hmm. BYU is hosting the Stanford Cardinal and its famous mascot, the Stanford Tree, which is actually the band's mascot, by the way. In an attempt to intimidate said tree, uh, Team Cosmo is wearing his best flannels and overalls (laughs) like a lumberjack, as in it's going to take down the trees. And encouraging everyone else to do so. uh, Apparently, if uh, you're the best dressed, you receive a free session for axe drawing, which is like a thing in Utah County and, and Salt Lake County now. So um, I haven't been yet. I'm looking forward Are to that. Are we going to
1: dress up for the broadcast? I probably or? won't
0: be wearing flannel on Thursday night, <laughs> but uh, shout-out to uh, Flannel Cosmo.
1: Shout-out to Flannel Cosmo. Well, my shout-out goes to Clayton Young, Connor Mance, and Connor McMillan for being the only three men's track and field athletes to qualify for nationals and for being on BTL yesterday.
4: Hey! Yep,
1: they had to humble themselves enough to yell it on campus trying to find a zoologist
4: let's go uh number one find a zoologist my grandpa was a zoologist so i'm gonna find a zoologist
3: is anyone a zoologist
4: anybody like animals i don't you better find i don't one. know this one is hard maybe we should move on
1: what you did what you didn't hear is there was a guy in the corner that goes no Just <laughs> like someone that <laughs> yells like making my
0: head, lunch no be quiet
1: you're like shut up but Good. they those guys are true champions yeah,
0: you guys are incredible. yeah, they're uh, they're going to nat- the, uh, the Natty, baby. Yeah. Yep. Uh, our question of the day: What's your goal for BYU hoops in the next two weeks at Twiggerstone? Win. I know that it's a tall task with Gonzaga being a possible game, huh? But <laughs> do they have to lose? Go all out and leave it all out on the, on the court. I would love to see BYU get to that tournament uh, Tuesday title game and uh, play a great game against Gonzaga and go from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They said, what do they have to lose? Just That's the, true. Just the game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Elite Voices of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years at Jade Thomas UT on Instagram. Win. Just win. Okay, then. Okay. Uh, and continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Loaded show today if you missed it. Blaine Fowler, Peter Quest, Ed Eisen. Oh, Always good to have a national champ, a tournament yeah. champ, and then an Olympian who coaches the I would take any of those champ. guys
1: to be my life coach. I'd pick Absolutely.
0: And Dr. Blaine. Craig Manning. Maybe not Blaine. <laughs> and Justin Sua. Maybe not Blaine.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I...
0: Blaine, Blaine's got stories for days, man.
1: <laughs> All right. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand at BYUSN.com.
0: Yes, it is. The audio podcast is on iTunes, uh, Google Play, TuneIn app for Lauren. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Ethan Manu Maleuna. Remember when he blocked that kick? The field goal, 07, UCLA? In Vegas. Oh, great. great BYU Sports moment. Nation's back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Nice job, Lauren.